and what Cross Timbers wanted to do, um, I got chills. And normally when that happens, I know that that's something that we need to take part in. Also, First National Bank, 
Clayton Lotus. Um, they are our monetary sponsor tonight. We certainly could not do it without them. Lighthouse Behavioral Health, also a sponsor tonight. And we thank them all very, very much. Uh, Dollar General donated the water that you're drinking. Ogini donated the ice tonight. And we also would love to thank them. So let's give them a round of applause, please. So what do we want to accomplish tonight? I don't know about you, but throughout 2020, I know there were some days that I came home and to be honest, I didn't want to turn on the news because it was all bad, right? Everything seemed bad everywhere we looked. So what our purpose is here tonight and hopefully what you will take away tonight is that we want to move forward with hope. Our community has gone through a traumatic event together, several traumatic events together over the last year. But hopefully, if you believe like me, you can believe that we can be stronger as we move forward than we were before. And I believe that we can do that. And hopefully tonight will help move that forward. So to start tonight, I have the extreme pleasure to introduce you um, to, I'm sure, who will be a familiar face to some of you. I've been very blessed by this lady's friendship for many years. And when I thought about how we wanted to start tonight, I immediately knew who I wanted to ask to sing for you. So please sit back and enjoy the singing of Miss Susan Fowl Yeager. Oh. 
Good evening, my friends. For those I have not had the privilege of getting to know, my name is Artie Favre, and I am the pastor of Christ Community Church. But most importantly, I belong to this community, and I consider it a profound privilege to be present here tonight. The dictionary defines trauma as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Collectively, we have all experienced the events of the past year and a half as both deeply distressing and disturbing. We are here tonight to express and bear witness to that trauma as well as acknowledge the hope and gratitude that have emerged in its shadow. Although it might seem contradictory, it is right and understandable to express a whole litany of emotions, particularly at a time such as this. Some of these emotions may complement one another, and some of these emotions may seemingly contradict one another. Mourning, disappointment, grief, duress, along with gratitude, hope, faith, and even joy may very well be the simultaneous experience of all of us. And that's okay. That's normal. That is what it means to be human. St. Paul once said that our hearts ache, but we always have joy. And again, in another letter, he wrote, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then He goes on to say, You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Now these wise words articulate the heartbreaking optimism of the human experience. They also affirm the sorrowful joy of our common experience as we begin to move beyond the chaos of our shared trauma. Notice the encouragements in these words that I've quoted. Choose joy. Choose to speak about your anxiety or your worry or your fear. Don't suppress it. Express it. Choose to tell God exactly what you need. And finally, choose gratitude. Choose to thank God for what He has done. Now this is exactly what we're doing tonight as a community. Our hope and prayer is that the result will be exactly what Paul says it will be. May we all experience a touch of God's peace, even if it exceeds our ability to understand, given the losses that we mourn and the challenges that we are still facing. I would be remiss if I simply declared a list of platitudes and cliches in the presence of the pain that some of us have carried in with us tonight. To be human is to suffer, and that suffering often defies easy answers. One of the most profound works of religious literature is the book of Job. 
This beautiful piece of writing reminds us that God does not operate his world on the principle of retribution and that our wisest course of action is to trust God during our suffering rather than entertain simplistic reasons for it. Job's conclusion is honest and profound. I have spoken my anger. I have posed my questions. Now, I place my hand over my mouth, and I will trust you until the day that I die. Ask your questions. If need be, shake your fist to heaven and give expression to your grief. But then, affirm your blessings. Express gratitude for that which has endured. And experience your healing as you are willing to be the means through which other people also experience their healing. Take your brokenness and enter the brokenness of others and experience the power of love to make us whole again. The Apostle John once wrote, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. My dear friends, God walks with us. His mercy is present as, he, as we weep, and his power is with us as we move forward. God is present always Every single time we choose love. Loving others is the truest way to experience God. Let us hold those we love just a little closer. Let us bear witness to one another's suffering and let us bear witness to one another's joy. Let us affirm the presence of hope to one another. We persevere. We rebuild, we endure. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God's love expressed as love of neighbor is the way that we all will heal. And it is the way that we will thrive on the other side of this shared collective trauma. Tonight, we weep with those who weep, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. May we all begin to heal. May our hearts be filled with hope so that we can all truly live. God bless you. Thank you. All right, I'd like to say good evening to everyone. And the first person I see is Donna Blackman. All right, my name is Alan Benson, and I was invited here, and it is quite an honor for me to be invited here because I'm not a preacher. Hey, I'm here as a COVID survivor, okay? 
Now, I was asked to tell you how I dealt with COVID. The first thing, I had confidence. I had confidence that my God was going to take care of me. I also believed in the love that God has for me and the love that my family has for me. All right? Um, I could talk about this for about three hours, but I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to say, and COVID said, and I want you to say, so what? Okay, can you do that for me? All right, first off, born and raised in Ardmore, uh, lived here all my life. Um, I was fortunate enough not play at this stadium, but I played at Walker Stadium. And COVID said, all right, so then I graduated from Ardmore High, uh, went to Northeastern A&M in Miami, Oklahoma, went to Oklahoma State University, where I was a starting linebacker part of my junior year and my senior year, and COVID said, so I bounced back and I got a tryout with the Dallas Cowboys. And COVID said, all right, when I was at OSU, I was quite a bit lighter weight-wise. I played at about 230 pounds. I ran a 4 or 540. And I bench pressed over 400 pounds. And COVID said, all right, let's jump ahead about 40-something years. Okay? I've worked for Michelin. I've worked at that tire plant for 37 years. And COVID said, all right, um, I have a lawn service. I work out in the sun most evenings, whether it's 105 95, I do what I need to do. And COVID said, okay, I got sick. My oxygen level dropped down to 74. Okay, when you drop down below 90, that's a strong indication that something is wrong. When I went to the hospital and I really scared my wife, because I did not argue with her. I went. And COVID said, so, I was in for six days. I couldn't breathe. I was in the hospital and I was so weak that I ran out of energy in the shower the first time I got a chance to take a shower. I had to sit down in the shower. That's how weak I was. Okay? I was in for six days. I took two transfusions to bring me back. I lost about, I think I lost about 30 pounds, which I did have it to lose, but I didn't want to lose it that way. When you when you are in the hospital with COVID, isolated the only people I saw 
was my nurses and my doctor. And I'm going to tell you that mercy gave me the absolute best care that I could ever ask for because I am standing here. So thank you, mercy. You know, when you when you are isolated and there's, your loved ones are not around you, who is there with you? Jesus was there with me every step of the way. I could feel him holding my hand. Okay? The thing that I wanted to know was what can I do? What can I do to help this process along? God doesn't need my help. It was mostly for me and mostly for my family. My mother passed away last year at 103 years old. She had eight kids. And I know she went through some tough times. But because she had eight kids, and because she was made out of the good stuff, I know she went through some tough days. Thinking about my mom, thinking about what my family was going to do without me, I made a deal with God. My whole family, my whole family had COVID. And my future daughter-in-law had COVID. I made a deal with God and I said, God, if you've got to take a Benson, let it be me. Okay? <clears throat> I get choked up because I'm speaking from the heart. All right. Don't ever give up. Fight to the end. And when God stepped in, God said, that's my child. You leave him alone. And like I said, I'm still here today. I got one more thing I want to do. It's going to take but a minute or less than a minute. This is the first psalm. The first psalm says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish and I absolutely want to thank my wife and team Benson sitting right up here because I couldn't have done it without them
How many of you know who the Lord is? If you do, just raise your hand. Now, this is strange to me because I've never heard Noble Stadium this quiet. Of course, when I come, I'm coming to a football game. I'm going to let you have your seat in just 30 seconds. But I just don't believe, Noah, that our praise for our Ardmore Tigers should be louder than our praise to God. So can we give God a hand clap of praise however you do it? Can we give God a shout of praise however you do it? Can, you give, can we give God a thanksgiving praise however you do it? Oh, we know who he is. Amen. That's who God is. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. Amen. Somebody say, Lord, that's who you are. Oh, it's starting to sound like Noble Stadium now. Amen. You may be seated. We've heard some. We've heard some good singing. We've heard some good. We've heard some good uh, preaching. Pastor, my friend and brother, Pastor Audie Favre is a, is a mighty preacher. And we heard he said he wasn't a preacher, but what Alan Benson did, that was preaching. Amen. So we heard some good a testimony preaching by Alan Benson. And I don't know about you, but I feel encouraged and lifted already. And what a powerful, moving testimony by Brother Benson and I get excited when I hear testimony because I know if God can bless Brother Benson the way he has blessed him my neighbor I know that means God is just in the neighborhood and if he could bless my neighbor he can also bless me as well somebody say amen now y'all I'm used to if you never first of all I'm Baptist so I'm not used to a time limit I'm a Baptist preacher, but I'm going to be good. I'm going to stick to my time limit. And then I'm used to, I come from a a tradition of black preaching, so that means I'm used to somebody talking back at me. Amen. So it's all right to say amen. Oh, that's good. It's all right to say thank you, Jesus. Oh, look at that. Look at that. All right. Amen. I should have had you at the sound check. The planning uh, for this event, 
began, I believe, in early June. During that time, we met, I believe, all of us, um, although we were not completely clear of COVID-19, we at least hoped that uh, we were on our way to being in the clear of COVID-19. However, today when we watch the news and when we read the headlines and when we uh, log into our social media pages and also perhaps we talk to family members and friends, we are seeing COVID-19 is not leaving quietly, but it is fighting back viciously while kicking and screaming, refusing to go away. We are now seeing yet another wave or variant, as they call it, of this virus, making us ask others and ourselves the question, how much more can we take? We have dealt with loss in so many different ways, lost by death, lost by sickness. Uh, our children have lost part of their, if not all of their school year. Some of us have lost family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers. We have lost businesses. Uh, uh, the year of 2020 and even some of 2021 has indeed been a time and season of loss. But it also has been a time of strength and survival. As we heard through the testimony of Brother Alan Benson. As we learn how to take things day by day. There is a scripture that comes to mind. In the gospel according to Matthew in the sixth chapter, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Jesus is teaching them life applicable lessons. He is teaching them how to, to survive during troublesome and turbulent times. In verse nine of the sixth chapter, he begins to teach them how to pray. Now, in verse 11, Jesus teaches his disciples uh, to take things day by day. Somebody say day by day. When he says, give us this day our daily bread. You heard uh, Susan Fowler-Yeager sing, sing it, and she, and she uh, voiced those words. Give us this day our daily bread. This request in the prayer teaches the mindset of not to toil over yesterday, and worry over tomorrow. It teaches us. Uh, it teaches us, and, and the disciples. I was teaching the disciples first, and we learn from the disciples to take it day by day because God walks with us day by day. He holds our hand. He lifts us up day by day. And if something is something that humbles us, it's something that. Uh, really puts things into proper perspective. We went through season, a season of wearing, some of us still have masks on today. Went through a season where everybody was masked at one time or another. We couldn't come from uh, within six feet of one another. While things have gotten better, we are still not in the clear. We have to take them, somebody say day by day. And it's okay to take things day by day if you know who holds tomorrow and you know who holds your future. 
And the good thing about uh, taking things day by day, if you look back at your own life, you could say to yourself, I'm not, I'm stronger than I was yesterday. And I'm not as strong as I'm going to be on tomorrow. But thanks be unto God, I have strength right now because I'm taking it day by day. Somebody say day by day. This scripture also reminds me of uh, a story. It's an old story about a man named Thomas Carlyle. Some of you may not know that name. Historians might know that name. Thomas Carlyle. Thomas Carlyle had just spent two years writing a book on the French Revolution. He gave his only copy to a colleague. Uh, the colleague's name was John Stuart Mill. He gave him a copy to read and, and to critique. Then the unthinkable occurred. Mill's servant used Carlyle's manuscript as kindling to start a fire. As Mill reported the devastating news, Carlyle's face paled. Two years of his life were lost. Thousands of long, lonely hours spent in writing had been wasted. He could not imagine writing this book again. He lapsed into a deep depression. Then one day, walking the city streets, Carlisle noticed a stone wall under construction. He was transfixed that the tall sweeping wall was being raised one brick at a time. He realized that if he wrote one page at a time, one day at a time, he could write his book again. This is exactly what he did. The book was, a, was first published in 1837 and is still used in universities all over the country. Ardmore, when faced with seemingly impossible situations, we often see the wall and not the individual blocks, bricks. But, when, but today, but taken day by day, task by task, the load is more manageable. Jesus prayed for daily bread. He didn't worry about tomorrow. He didn't worry about next week or next year. Why? Because God helps us day by day. If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it has taught us that tomorrow's not promised. And yesterday is gone. So we can celebrate because we have learned how to survive and thrive. And we have learned how to take, how to take things day by day. God bless you. All right. God is good. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Benson, I am not a preacher either, and it will be obvious as well. So I want to thank you guys for being here tonight. A man once said to Mother Teresa, he said, why do you bother? You are merely a drop in the bucket. Mother Teresa looked at the man and she said, you're right. I am one drop in the bucket. But if I can inspire and motivate everyone around me to put that drop in the bucket, the bucket overflows. Your presence here tonight is a drop in the bucket, and I thank you for that. 
This bucket was brought to me by two of my coworkers at Cross Timbers Hospice, Matt Benedict and Shelly Murray. Yes, I am going to thank you for that. They brought me this vision, and I honestly walked out thinking, oh, my Lord, you have got to be kidding me. But God had plans, and God moved, and I thank, I thank them for that. In, in January of 2020, I had an opportunity to travel to Atlanta, Georgia. I currently serve as a co-lead for the American Cancer Society Community Fundraising Leadership Team. They brought me in to, to update as far as what the mission of the American Cancer Society is, but also the priorities. The number one priority was diversity, equity, and inclusion. This was January of 2020 before we saw everything unfold. People ask, you know, why would you be talking about that right now? But the, during the pandemic, not only did we see the virus and do we see the loss of life, but we also saw the social injustice. It was something that was put on my heart, and I remember watching it thinking, that doesn't happen here. There is no way. There's no way that happens here. It doesn't happen in my backyard. It was a Sunday afternoon. A good friend of mine, his name is Jeff Ross, he went live on Facebook, and I just happened to catch it. He's one of the most inspirational speakers I think I've ever heard. And I thought, yes, I'm going to get me some Jeff Ross on this Sunday afternoon. I logged on and witnessed his reality. He's an African-American in North Carolina, and I watched the social injustice on social media. It was about two weeks later we had a call together. We are working on a mutual project. I said, Jeff, man, I am so sorry this happened to you. How do we make a difference? How do we, how do we, how do we, how, how, do, how do I help? I mean, I'm just a drop in a bucket, right? He said to me, he said, Kelly, you've got to be intentional. You've got to look and you have to be intentional. He said, just having this conversation is a start. And I told him, I said, I promise anything I do, I will be intentional. I will reach out and I will work on this. And I honestly believe there's a large population that it's not, it's not that they don't care. It's honestly that we just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. So when I created this event, I reached out to Pastor John Cradle, my good friend Cedric Bailey from high school. Happy birthday, by the way. I reached out to them, and I shared this experience with them. And I, and I told them, I said, 20 years I've been planning events in Ardmore, and never once have I been intentional to create a diverse group of leadership. And as you look, and you look at Mr. Cradle, and you look at me, I mean, we are quite opposite. You think, and, and, I, and I prayed, I said, God, send me people that aren't like me. What's the opposite of a white woman from Oklahoma? That would definitely be an African-American from New York City. God is good, Amen. And I, and, I, and I told him, I said, I, I was very honest and transparent. Never met the man before in my life. He probably thought, who is this crazy-ass white woman? But I told him, I said, I don't, uh, sorry, pardon my French, children. And that is French. Uh, at least that's what we think. That's what I was told that was French. I pardon my French. But I honestly, I told him, I said, we have got, I've got to do better. We have to do better. We all have to own this and do better. So thank you, Pastor Cradle, for coming alongside Leslie Dvorak and I. Several people helped create this, and I honestly cannot thank them enough. I'm going to take you through a glow stick ceremony, and this is really a way to unite all of us. Here in just a minute, we're going to turn out the lights. When you came in, you were given a bag. It has two glow sticks in it. If you'll pull those out, please do not light them yet. If you, whoops, if you already have... 
Well, I guess, what do they say? Stick them where the sun don't shine? Yeah, that's really appropriate. Isn't it? That's why I'm not a preacher. That's why I'm not a preacher. All right, you got them out there? All right. So we're going to turn out the lights. It's going to get really, really dark. Really dark. So I want, you've got to be really careful. But during the ceremony, basically, I'm going to be sharing different experiences. And when, when I share an experience that resonates with you, I'm going to ask you to light your glow stick. The first part, we'll be talking about different types of loss. And the second part, we'll be focused on gratitude. So, DJ, if you'll cut the lights, we'll get started.